Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you're watching this, and welcome to this uh, episode of Deeper. I am not Steve McGannity, as you can tell, because I'm younger and better looking, and I've got with me uh, somebody else who's young and good looking, and that's John Sexton. Hi, John. Hello, it's kind of you to say that. Yes. So we're looking at the, the passage that John uh, spoke from on Sunday, which is Matthew chapter 25, and it's verses, put my glasses on, what is it, 14 to 21. So if you want to just pause the recording now and uh, read these uh, verses, uh, please do that. Okay, well done for doing that. We are now going to carry on, look a bit deeper into these verses. So just before we do that, just going to ask John to give a very quick one-minute summary of, of what he talked about on, on Sunday, if you missed it. So, John, over to you. Okay, well, if, if you're coming cold to this, there's only read those, those seven verses. Uh, it starts like what they call a cold open in theatre terms. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. What will be? You have to read the whole chapter to see Jesus. It's talking about the kingdom. And rather than giving a, a description of the kingdom, he says it's like a man going on a journey who has handed over everything he has to not his friends or business partners, but to his servants and then left them to it. And at some date, he will return and expect an accounting for what they've done with that investment. Uh, and that very much matches with the fruits of the spirit where we've been talking about faithfulness, thinking about what God's given to us and how he would like that to put us, how he would like us to put that to work while we have the chance. Wonderful. So you can look at the, the whole uh, seminar on, online. I'd encourage you to do that. So if we, if we go down the verses, if you have your Bibles in front of you, you can do it with us. So look at, at the first verse where it says, again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Anything you want to say about that, John? Uh, well, it's just we, um, it made me think, made me personally think about them, uh, much more than the nature of what is a servant, especially in the way that Jesus is talking about what a servant or a slave or mendulos at that time. Paul is happy to describe himself as one. And I found a little parable uh, that I'd, I'd never seen before in Luke where it says, which of you has a servant who's been plowing or keeping the sheep all day? And when he comes in, says, um, uh, sit down, your dinner's ready, put your feet up. And he says, that's ridiculous. And I think because we live in a society in which it's become much more individualistic, it's much about us, isn't it? That we find the whole concept of surrendering or submission to something else very difficult and therefore our interpretation of scripture is going to be very different to what it was to the people who heard this the first time and I think we all need to just think again about who is the master and who is the servant here. Uh, yeah something else that jumped out for me it says and he entrusted his property to them which is a bizarre thing an amazing thing you know these were his servants he owned them but he trusted them so much or wanted to see what they would do with his trust that he said, I'm giving you my property to look after for me. The master gave the servants his property to look after, which is a, a really interesting setup for the parable. Yes, so well, would, you, would, you, would you sell your house and, and all your savings and, uh, and, and give it to your cleaner or guard? I don't know if you have anyone who comes and does any little work for you. Or the guy who fixes your car and say, look, here's £700,000. It's everything I have in the world. Uh, I'm coming back at some date, at which point I would expect it all back again, you know. Yeah, look after it for me. <laughs> so, what he, so what he does is he gives, it says that the next verse, it says in uh, verse 15, to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to a third one talent, each according to his ability. 
Then he went on his journey. So any thoughts on that verse, John? Yeah, I mean, this is such a familiar parable. Those of us who were brought up in church circles were, had you know, children's books about it and heard it in, in Sunday school and things like that. Uh, but yeah, there's two key phrases here. Not everyone is given the same gifting, uh, but even the one who only got one bag has still had a fortune. And the gifting is being judged in some way that people have been given what's appropriate for, their, for them, you know. Uh, and I suppose we all look, everyone, uh, unless you're extremely arrogant, everyone looks somebody else. It's a little bit, not jealous, but a little bit, you know, I wish I could preach like them, or I wish I had that gift just to sit down next to someone and open a conversation, or that heart that, you know, even though they're tired, they get out and visit someone who needs a visit. You know, I wish I could be like that more. But in fact, we have all been given different gifts, but wonderfully generous gifting to start our lives with. Yeah, and each according to our ability, as, as it says there. The other thing that you mentioned on the sermon, which I think is a really important thing, is that these talents were not 10p and a quid and five quid. These, were, these talents were, you know, half a million pounds in today's terms, up to two and a half million pounds. The master says to the, the guy, here's two and a half million pounds for you to, to look after for me. You know, here's a million pounds, here's 500,000 pounds. They were all given, you know, a, a lot of money. It's just varying amounts of a lot. Uh, okay, so we, we go on to the next verse. It says uh, in verse 17, uh, sorry, verse 60, it says, The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. I'll carry on to the next verse. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the one who had received one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, again, we are all, all our parables are coloured by childhood interpretations. The moment I, I, I cast my mind, I always felt sorry for this chap who'd only had one bag of gold and got nervous and was scared of the master and in the end was punished for it. Uh, and in fact, that's not the point at all. It's when you, when you read uh, the stories about fruitfulness and when you think about what a fruit tree should do, Jesus, uh, he didn't punish the fig tree when he destroyed it. He, uh, he, um, he was saying what it's expected to be useful. It's not useful, it's just it's just no use, is it? You know what? What yeah. can you do with that? Uh, that no matter how, uh, not, no matter how uh, inadequate you feel, you you've got more than you realise, and you are here for a fairly short period of time. A, a song that Dave used to do with the kids in kids club says, "I'm not here to use up air, just one more bum sat on a chair." You know, I'm here yeah. to take what I've been given and do small things with it. They don't have to be. Everyone everyone thinks it means they should plant a church or, or go to the far east for ten years. It doesn't. It starts right around you in your daily life, doesn't it? As we, and we'll dig into that more. When we look at how we can apply this to ourselves, we'll dig into that uh, in a, a bit more detail. But yeah, the, 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 the first two people did something with the, the money that he was left, and the third person did, well, even worse than, than, than nothing. He didn't even stick it in a bank. He stuck it uh, under, the, under the ground, which was a, a, a lack of, uh, of understanding and a, a lack of gratitude. Um, so we could be going to, to, uh, towards the end of the, the, your passage you read. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Um, I'll go on. The, I'll leave it there. So uh, um, it's interesting. As I was looking at it, I thought, what does that mean, settle accounts with them mean? Uh, I looked it up in, in the Greek, as, as you, you need to do to find out. And um, it's actually, the, the word settle accounts, it's more, well, it is actually had a word with them. Uh, he had a word with them. 
uh, and that the word that's used in the Greek is the word uh, logos, which is the, the word for, for, for word. But it's interesting, it's, it's actually word with them as in a verbal discussion. What have you done? Tell me. Come on, chat. Yeah, and I didn't want to, I mean, I cut the story in half here and somebody said, you know, that's only half three. It's true. I didn't want to get too bogged down on the story of the man who only had one bag and buried it. Yeah. Because it is, it's a bit more positive than that. I mean, <laughs> you were brought up in a conservative evangelical church, weren't you, Rob? And I'm sure you, you had that poster outside your church that says that every man shall be compelled to give an account of himself to God. Yeah. And it's all very frightening. It's non-free. The master... The fruit is natural. The master expects them to have done great things yeah. or, or small things. But uh, he's looking forward. Like like your kids, you know, when they go and do something, you want to hear about how their day's gone or how that, how that, anyway, you know, when, when Joe was running in the Olympics, your, uh, not the Olympics, was it? Or was it the Olympics? Um, no, it was the national championships. But yeah, but you you, you really, you, you don't want to follow him, but you want to hear when he gets back how that's gone, don't you? You, you, yes. you are hoping for great things from him, yeah. And it's interesting, it says that after a long time, the master of, of the servants returned. We, we don't know how long it was, but we know, uh, well, I'm going to slip into application here, you know, that we're looking at, at Christ and us, that we do know that after a long time, Jesus is coming back, God is coming back, and you'll hold us to account. You'll have a, a word with us. When, whatever that long time is, we're, we're not sure. But we know he's coming back. Yeah, but the, uh, but the time to which we've got to be faithful is actually more limited than that, isn't it? It could be, for some of us, it could be a very short period of time. Yes. Yeah, for mm -hmm. some of us, it could be. You, of course, longer than Steve and myself, because you're only a young man. Yeah. I'm not that far behind both of you. <laughs> The previous story, the story about the foolish bridesmaids, stresses this much more, and the parable that precedes it in, in chapter 24, which is about the unexpectedness of this. We don't know how, how long that time will be, and it will come, the burglar will come, the bridegroom because will come yeah. at the time you least expect it, and, and, and you're in trouble if your oil has not been replenished in your lamp, you know. So finishing off this part, the, we're, we're, we're told that the... Uh, uh, the, the servant who had five uh, talents said, yeah, I've, I've produced five more. And the, and the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Any, any deeper into that, John? Any, any comment? Well, the word, the word. Now, you're into your Greek, aren't you? You can, if you, I, I usually get the Bible on Bible gateway and you can scan different versions very quickly. But you can also type in interlinear and you can see what the Greek was. The Greek word for happiness here is the word for joy. It's better translators come and share in your joy of master. And there's a real, uh, the master is not coming back. And, and, and the way I was brought up, you know, in fear and trepidation, he's coming back to see, like when a child has left a friend, you want to see the drawing, he, he expects great things, he's almost joyful when he's saying, you know, well done, good and faithful son, come and share in eternal joy, which is who I am, you know. Another thing, the thing that, that on top of that, that jumped out at me was, we think about things so differently from how God thinks about things. Um, this guy had just turned two and a half million pounds into five million pounds in today's terms. And the master says, you've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now, there's not many people in, in the world that would think turning two and a half million into five million has been faithful with a few things. But we just don't see things as God sees things. You know, he sees it very differently. And he says, you've looked at some, some insignificant stuff for me. Now I'll give you some really important stuff. 
um, which is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the things about our lives, especially about our, our church lives and services, that you start with small things. Every great preacher started with just being a helper in Sunday school and then maybe being a leader in Sunday school and then maybe helping out with the pastoral work. One thing builds on another. No one is promoted from obscurity to... Uh, Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, just like that, are they? Unless, unless, of course, it was medieval times and you related to the king, you know. The other thing is that he says, I know we, we didn't touch on this, we, we won't go into the, the rest of the passage, but he says exactly the same thing to the, the, the second servant who, who looked after two talents. So it's not about what, how much you get in the end, it's about what you do with what you've got. You know, the exactly the same reward is given to the, the, the servant who turns two into four as five into ten. The master wasn't really concerned about how much money the person was making. He was concerned about him being faithful uh, in his job. That was what he was being concerned about. Anyway, listen, I, well, I want to encourage you all to, to dig into that yourselves deeper. Look at different versions, spend time, read around the passage as well. But for now, uh, we're going to uh, stop this part and we're going to go on to the next section of our, our study. And, and the next section, as you all know, is wider. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed uh, that, that first section. Now we're going to go uh, wider and look at how we can uh, apply this passage and, and John's teachings to our, our life. So initially, John, is there anything that jumps out that you would use as an, as an application? Yeah, I think that, um, and one thing I realise from this is we need to, uh, faithfulness will come out of a sense of that we are servants and that Jesus is master. And that, that sometimes is something for new Christians, it's hard quite to grasp. And for lifelong Christians, they can get complacent about. So uh, uh, the kingdom, when Jesus asks, what's the kingdom like? He tells this story, he tells the story about the, the, the bridesmaids. Uh, the kingdom, where God is king and we serve faithfully. Uh, that, that is the nature of the kingdom. The kingdom, when he said, where is the kingdom of heaven? It's around it, wherever Jesus is recognized as saviour and Lord. Excellent. Uh, another thing that, that just jumps out to me, and it, it, it's nothing, this is nothing radical in the slightest, but I think it's important that to remember that the master is coming back. You know, we need to live our life on the basis that the master is coming back. And two of the three servants uh, did that. As in the previous parable, we, we got that same message told as well. Be ready for when the master comes back. You get any other application points, John? Yeah, yeah. building on that is that time is unknown to us. And, uh, you, know, the, um, you know, the story of the rich fool, he said, well, I'm a bit busy at the moment. Sometime later in my life, I'll get on to doing what God wants and reaching out to the poor and, and, and being a better person and walking with God more. You don't know how long you've got. You don't know how long you'll be fit for. You don't know whether the opportunities that you have now will ever come again. So there's this sense that to seize each day as quickly as you can, make it useful to God's purposes. Carpe deal. And, uh, uh, the last thing I'll say is, uh, this parable reminds us that God is generous. It's only degrees of generosity we're looking at here, as you pointed out, with understanding how much a talent is. you know. And it's easy to be jealous of other people's talents, but God isn't worried about how phenomenal people's talents are. He's worried about we just use what he's given us. 
if you've got been given phenomenal talents, then you'll be held accountable for phenomenal talents. If you've been given, you know, one talent, then you'll be held accountable for one talent. But that one talent is still a given from a generous God. And I think it's, it's good to, to remember that as, as we try and, and live our life, that God has given us a privilege to serve him with the talents that he gives us. That, that's right. And there's no, and the, picking up just on your last point there, there's no hierarchy here, Rob. You know, I was you always brought up to believe that, you know, ordained ministry, preaching, worship, any other public ministry, and then things people do behind the scenes somewhere down below that, or things they do outside church down below that, that's human values. That's not God's values. God's values are anywhere where people reach out uh, in obedience to God. That's as valuable as any other ministry. Definitely. In, in this passage, in the bit just after the, where we finished reading, the, 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 the servant that was given two talents gets exactly the same reward. He's, God says exactly the same thing to him as the one who got five talents. God doesn't judge them differently. So there's some application for you to go wider. And finally, we're going to look at some questions to to go. uh, uh, Maybe you can use them yourself or use them as part of your cell group. So this is the further section. So now we go further. So, John, I I know we've discussed this and we've gone through the questions and you've got four questions that you want to uh, lay before people. So do you want to ask, uh, lay these four questions out, John? Okay. Uh, well, firstly, in what ways do we think we can improve our faithfulness? Have we not been as disciplined in our prayer and scripture reading right uh, life? Is there something, uh, is there something that uh, we need to address a bit more vigorously uh, in the week ahead uh, to improve our faithfulness, to remaining close to God so that we can bear fruit more? Uh, and secondly, related to that, is what, as Hebrew says, what is encumbering us or holding us back? Is it we're watching the wrong television programs, we're mixing in the wrong circles, we've, we've developed some bad habits that we need to address, or maybe there's someone we need to forgive right now, not because what they did to us wasn't terrible, but because it's holding us back uh, to leave that between them and God. Or is there somebody whose forgiveness, whose request for forgiveness, um, uh, we, um, sorry, is there somebody who, um, we need to do something to make it easier for them to be reconciled to us. How how can we stop being held back? Um, and thirdly, now that having done those two things, we're opening up the church again. People begin to reach out more in the community, uh, in social visits and things. Who? Um, what are the small things that we have been entrusted to do that only we can do that we can build on? Given that, uh, given that all the people in ministry have built that up, starting in small things and task on task and I see people in the church who I would not have believed five years ago they would be faithfully serving in the ways they are now how can we start in the weekend what is it that we're being called to reinvest our talents our energy our time that God has started with into to, um, uh, to, um, uh, to move forward in to be more faithful uh, and lastly last question how can we encourage others we, we, we know encouragement we need but who can we encourage? How can we get alongside so that people can build their confidence and gifts and realise how much they can offer they just don't realise? Wonderful. So there you go. There. You've got four questions you can use by yourself or you can use uh, as part of your, your missional communities or, or, or you know, cell groups. So please uh, take that uh, away with you today. So, John, thank you very much for, for your sermon on Sunday and thanks for being part of this today. And thank you all for for tuning in and we'll uh, see you next week, hopefully, for our next episode of Deeper.
Okay. Goodbye, all. Bye-bye. Thanks.